Welcome to TTM Cast One on One with Jeff Baker. Every Wednesday, we'll bring one on one interviews with hobby professionals, former athletes, authors, and collectors. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. Use the app to build your collection and buy and sell with other collectors. Turn the hobby into your side hustle. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast One on One. TTM Cast One on One is Wednesday, August 16th. And my name is Jeff Baker, talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts. And I have my friend and co host on the other line, all the way down in, I'm going to get it right through. Arlington, Texas. Arlington, Texas. That's yes. true. He's in the Dallas area. DFW Graffer. DFW Graffer on every all the social media. And Drew has got some lot to talk about. I got a lot to talk about. We're gonna uh, have a great show with for you this week. We're gonna talk a little ABA basketball with Daryl Carrier. He was a three-time ABA All Star with the Kentucky Colonels. He also played for the Memphis Tams. He uh, was. You know, partners in the backcourt with Hall of Famer Louis da- uh, Louis Dampier, Louis Dampier, right? Yep, yep. And uh, they they had uh, they made a, a great combo. They both averaged over twenty points. Daryl Carrier is on the All ABA team. He actually leads the ABA in uh, three point shooting percentage all time. So we're going to talk to Daryl. And one thing Daryl is Daryl, uh, and when he retired, became an auctioneer. He does a little auctioneering for us. Nice. So it's a fun interview. Stick around for that. Just a couple things. We have our friends at Collects. We love Collects. Uh, their marketplace is now open. If you'd like to get $10, $10 free, you don't have to do anything to use in their marketplace. Just send us your Collects username. You have to download Collects, put it on your phone or your laptop or your iPad. No cost for that. Get your Collects uh, username and send us your email address. And guys, Collects will give you 10 bucks for doing nothing. Pretty good, right? What's the email address, Drew? That is ttmcast at yahoo.com. Woohoo, the most powerful email in the world, right? In the hobby, right, Drew? Exactly, yes. And speaking of giveaways, our friends at Card Cradle have given us some uh, a couple Card Cradle uh, to give away. So we have two announced two winners. Then our winners for this month, this week's raffle are We've got Mac Kipke from Farmington, Minnesota, and also a Bill Halig of Center Valley, Pennsylvania. So congratulations to you guys. We'll have those uh, card cradles out to you. Yeah, and we'll have a new contest on, let's see, on Saturday, right, Drew? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I know you had a couple of things that you wanted to give away, and I think I've yep. got one or two things as well. So we've got a lot of a lot of stuff to give away, and our friends from uh, on it are going to give away give us some packs to give away too. So we have a lot of stuff to give away in our in our uh prize pack, our prize closet, all right? And I actually have I have um a TCM cast t-shirt, large TCM cast t-shirt. I I will give that away. Uh we'll we'll do that raffle on Saturday as well. So we got a lot of shit. Oops, excuse me. A lot of stuff to give away. <laughs> should we edit that out or should we leave that in? Uh leave it in if, if I mean, if you're offended by four letter words, you probably shouldn't be around the internet then. So yeah. That's right. It'll be will be nice. We will we will try to be rated G, but sometimes we're rated PG, right? Trent? Exactly. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, I bought a Pete Rose signed baseball from our friends at Signatures for Soldiers. It's uh, it's signed by Pete Rose, and it's got the four thousand one hundred ninety two as the inscription. Uh, I wanted to help out Tim and and his cause, and I just interviewed Tim for a future show uh, today. So, um, check out Signatures for Soldiers. They're doing great work. They've Drew, they've raised over a quarter million dollars so far. Nice. So we will hear from more from Tim, but I got the, literally, I ordered the the baseball, I think on like Monday or no, no, maybe Friday. And I think I got it back on Monday or Tuesday. Nice. It was, it was really a quick turnaround. So thank you, Tim. And uh, thank you, Signatures for Soldiers. And uh, my friend Drew has been busy. What Drew, what do you got going on? 
Yeah, I got a, uh, another video that I'll be posting up uh, right after we get done recording this. So by the time you're listening to this, it should be up and viewable on YouTube and everything. DFW Graffer is the YouTube channel there. Uh, mailed out a few TTMs as well as I've I've been saying for a few weeks, oh yeah, I got to write these ones and get them out. Got to write them and get them out. And finally, after a month, I finally sent them out. But a few, uh, mostly baseball ones and a couple hockey ones. But uh, trying out some, uh, I've got Brad Mills that just went out. Chance Cisco going to try a chance. Uh, Take a chance on chance there with uh, he's with the Long Island Ducks right now. Okay. Uh, sent to Harold Baines to uh, a few independent minor league guys besides Cisco, also to Shed Long, uh, Dwight Smith Jr., and Jose Marmalejos. We'll see how those go. Uh, sent to Jackson Wolf and Kevin Cop down or Kevin Cops down in double uh, A ball. And a few international ones as well. Sent out to Andre Scrub, who's playing in Mexico right now. Also, a few uh, hockey players up in Canada. We've got Kevin Lowe, Dwayne Sutter, and Bernie Nichols just mailed out to them. And, uh, in the U.S. sent to Peter Stastny as well. So mostly set stuff that I need there because, you know, I got I got to get them out. If I don't get them out, what's the point in uh, having them sitting there? Because they're not going to get signed any other way. So that's right. I did 15 as well. I sent out 15 uh, today. Nice. So I got I got 15. Uh, mostly baseball, a couple of hockey, and I think one or two football as well. Just kind of <laughs> ones that I had hanging around, you know. And then I just I just pulled like five or six more that I got the addresses for. The cards are ready. I just have to build 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 my mailing. So yep. trying trying to get a trying to get out ten a week, and hopefully I can get another ten out in the next couple of days. Yep, I got a small Wait. pile here. I got to start writing uh, still too. So hopefully I can get those ones done and get those mailed out. I just got to get some stamps and uh, energy again. <laughs> Very cool. And guys, make sure you follow Drew on social media. DFW Graffer, DFW Graffer. Make sure you check out his new video. I right, Drew. I think we got all the house cleaning uh, done. We have batting leadoff. Batting leadoff. It is Hobby Happening. Yay! Hobby Happening. Yay! Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Let's get the show started. Leading off, we look at Hobby Happenings. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it, all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. I feel like I feel like one of the Muppets. Yay! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> oh, we were talking yesterday, right? With my family, we we went up uh, to Salem Willows. You know, Salem Willows in Salem, Mass. Had some popcorn and stuff. But anyway, so we were talking favorite Muppet. Who's your favorite favorite Muppet? I think it's got to be a tie between Beaker and Animal. Animal just because, you know, I'm a drummer, too, so it's like I totally, yep. that, that's him for sure. And Beaker just because of the hilarity that he can somehow get into without being able to say a single word. So, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I agree. We, I like Beaker as well. And, and Animal and Beaker, I think my my son's two favorite. Yeah. I'm a big, I like, you know who I like? I like, mm-hmm. um, I like the Count. Nice. In Sesame Street, I like the Count. And I like yeah. Cookie Monster. Those yep. are my two. Nice. All right. See, we, we got sidetracked already. Drew. Exactly. It always it happens. Yep. Ten ten minutes into the show, eight minutes into the show, and we're we're, we're sidetracked already. Yep. Well, we had two big signings, free agent signings, this late in the, the process in the NFL yesterday. We had the Patriots signed Ezekiel Elliott, running back, formerly of the you know Dallas Cowboys, and the Jets signed Delvin Cook, who used played wow. for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, what's was there any reaction done in Dallas to Elliott leaving? Not really. A lot of people were like, ah, no, this guy just isn't worth the money at this point in his career. So when he left, there's a lot of like, eh, okay, I mean, we, well, well, we tried basically with him. So, uh, I mean, they paid him $6 million for one year. It's 3 million yeah. guaranteed and 3 million in incentives. All right. What do you think? That's, I mean, that's a decent, that's a prove it contract right there. And that's a guy who could, he has a potential to prove it. So it also, I mean, it kind of starts the dominoes falling, too, because, I mean, you've still got, like, Leonard Fournette, I believe, is still out there. Yeah. Reem Hunt is still out there. He had to try it with the Saints, but apparently didn't sign with them. So I like you may Kareem see those Hunt. two fall, too. I like Kareem Hunt. He's a good player. Yeah, I mean, it seems hopefully all of his uh, issues are behind him there that he had uh, earlier on. But, yeah, he's been, he was a solid player for the Browns there. But, unfortunately, the role he played with the Browns, you can fill a lot cheaper with other players. A lot cheaper. All right. What about Delvin Cook for the Super Bowl on uh, New York Jets? 
I think that's a solid pickup for them right there. I mean, you've got a an established running back there to go along with a veteran quarterback and young receivers. That's he could he could be a big contributor on that team. He's a little fragile though, isn't he? He is. Yeah, I think he's had a few injuries in there. So, I mean, again, I mean, if you get him on the right price, if you get him on a prove it deal like was given to Zeke there, then I think you know it's a solid pickup. How about um, Elliot? Is Elliot Elliot's pretty healthy, right? He's not he he's not really an injury concern, right? Not that I know of. I think he's been, I, yeah, I don't think he's had any major, major issues at all. He's just been ineffective at times, or at least not as, uh, as big as they've needed him to be. Do you think it helps or hurts either of these guys' value? Does it help Delvin Cook's value to be a Jet? I mean, they win the, they win the Super Bowl and he's on that team. That I would think that would help his value, no? You could see a, a Leonard Fournette style bouncer. Cause I mean, same thing how Fournette, he was stuck in Jacksonville, then went to Tampa Bay and won a Super Bowl with them. And, I think this stuff saw a little bit of a bounce, but nothing major at all. But in Elliot, Tampa think... versus New, you compare Tampa versus New York, though. I mean, there's a lot more. Uh, New York's gonna get you a lot more attention if you win a Super Bowl with them. Yeah, I mean, and Elliot doesn't. I don't think the Patriots are going anywhere this year, and I don't think Elliot, unless he, and El, unless he all of a sudden becomes a thousand yard rusher again and scores fifteen touchdowns, right? But right, I, yeah, I don't envision that. Do you? It could be a potential springboard for him, but just signing with the Patriots in general. Not really going to help him much, but it's going to depend on what happens uh, a year from now, I think, for Elliot. And, and both those guys are not signers, right? They don't sign. Oh, God, no. I tried, I've tried. i tried Elliot by mail right after the Cowboys drafted him and never got anything back. And I may have tried Cook right around the same time, too, and never got him either. But, yeah, e- either way, they're not signers. Though. All right. Well, it's good good uh, fantasy football fodder, right? And we'll we'll, yep. we'll We'll see. I'm actually looking forward to ha- see how Ezekiel does with the uh, the Patriots, but I know his his better days are behind him. I think. Oh yeah. All right, Absolutely. but we have some auction news to share. Yep, we do indeed. REA Auctions just had a big one, and they've had two items go for over a million in a single auction. What I mean, check this out. You've got the T two o six Joe Doyle error card, which is even more rare than the Honus Wagner one. This is one of there's several, you know. Well-known short prints, the Joe Doyle one is probably the shortest print out of any of those ones. But that went for $1.3 million right there. So big uh, big sale there for uh, whoever had that one. A nice pickup for whoever bought it. They also had a photo-matched Babe Ruth bat from 1923. Same price on that one, $1.3 million for that as well. So over $2.5 million, just over two items right there. Nice, uh, nice day there for REA auctions. Yeah, and I believe the Babe Ruth bat was at the National. If, I, okay. if I'm correct, I, I believe it was. Uh, that auction, the RE auction went for, there was uh, $15.7 million in sales for more than 80,000 bids on 3,000 items. So the auction uh, is, the auction part of our hobby is still very healthy, right? There, there's still a lot of uh, bids result. I, I just spoke with uh, Ryan Friedman from Auction Report. I interviewed him this morning, and we're going to have him on a uh, as a guest on a future show and it was really cool to talk to him him about what's happening in the auction world speaking of auctions heritage has a cool auction going on Four thousand sports illustrated just think about that i mean that is a huge run right there i mean it's been a weekly magazine or bi-weekly magazine i guess for how long since 1950s or so yeah there's a lot of issues or i think right 53 or 54 53 sounds about yeah sounds like i think 53 sounds about right but 4,000 issues of Sports Illustrated, over 2,100 of them signed. Heritage Auctions is going to have that up. Their pre-sale estimate for that collection is over $200,000. So definitely something cool to keep an eye on and check out. Uh, we're not sure yet if it's going to be all sold as a lot or if they're going to be individual ones, but keep an eye on it. You might be able to you know, snag something out of that collection there if they do it individually. But uh, the Platinum Night Auction for Heritage Auctions ends on August 19th. So you got just a few days left on that. Right, that's ha.com. Their website yes. is ha.com. Check that out. Hey, uh, our friends at, at Gem Rate came through with so, some grading numbers. We had some grading numbers for uh, last week. We do indeed. Yeah, this is the first full week of August, so August 7th through the 13th. And uh, just as we expected, numbers are back up a bit after a uh, post-national lull. ESA, an 11% increase over this uh, past week, 273,000. 300 cards that they have graded. I'm glad so, I'm not the only one that messes up, Drew. Yeah, I'm stumbling on everything <laughs> today. It's crazy there. But yeah, 273,300 cards by them. That's an 11% increase over the quarter million mark. Uh, SGC, 25,400 cards. They went through. That's 36% increase for them. 
Beckett up 28%, 14,600 cards. And a nice, nice, nice jump by CGC. I remember seeing last week that had dropped massively. And it's like, oh, man, that's not good. Yeah, but, they uh, were like 90,000, 900,000 or something, right? It was uh, 9,000. 9, yeah, it, it, it was in the single digits there. But now uh, 20,400 that went through there. That is a 125% increase for them. So uh, nice to see that bounce back right there. And I mean, yeah, good to see out of all the grading companies right there, things are going strong after the national. Yeah, what does that make? That makes 325, 340,000 maybe? Round there. Yeah, that's yeah, 325 to 350,000, somewhere in that range. Not bad. Hey, we have some new releases to let you guys know about. The the manufacturers keep coming up with, with new stuff, so we'll let you know. Um, 2023 Panini Immaculate College Football. You get six cards, one pack, four autos, one memorabilia, and one base card for 650 bucks. That's 2023 Panini Immaculate College Football, two, 650 bucks. Here's one for the gamblers. The Panini Prism Baseball White Sparkle Packs for 2023. Panini's got those up now. You're going to get three cards per pack. So you have the White Sparkle Prisms in them. $300. So I hope you hit a big one out of there or, or whatever player you have to be collecting. Because that's uh, got to be a fairly short print on those White Sparkles. I haven't seen it all. But for that kind of a price tag, just three per pack, sounds like it's kind of cool. Yeah, that scream, that one screams break. Get involved yes. in a prank. Yes. Hey, we have some price drops from Panini. Uh, you know, they're doing a lot of um, demand, right? Price and mm -hmm. price and demand. They're doing a lot of that lately. They have a 2023 Panini Legacy NFL that we talked about. Hobby box. You get eight cards per pack, 12 packs, and two autos. The hobby boxes are now 150 bucks. So the, those came down considerably. So 2023 Panini Legacy NFL are uh, now 150 bucks for a hobby box. Got a price drop on some college basketball products there for Panini. They're a Chronicles product. Now down to $109.95. So about $110 there for a box if you haven't picked that up. I've always liked, as a collector, I love Chronicles. It's a really cool product to go through. So go ahead and check that out. I agree. Hey, um, we have a, a pre-order from Tops uh, on Tops.com. It's the 2023 Bowman Chrome Baseball. 2023 Bowman Chrome Baseball. Tops has done, a, a, and Bowman has done something different this year. In their Chrome Baseball, they've got um, Bowman firsts for like Roberto Clemente and Rod Carew and all these uh, these vintage guys. There's a lot of Bowman's firsts in there. There's, you get two Chrome autos and a 200-card set. There's 100 um, rookies and 100 veterans slash vintage guys in there for a set. Uh, you can pre-order those now uh, starting on uh, today. So you can pre start pre-ordering those and... Uh, I, I did pre-orders on the Topps Chrome, and that worked out beautifully. So make sure you check that out at Topps.com. Got another lottery ticket out there. This time it is the Topps Archives Retired Player Edition for 2023. You get one encapsulated card in this box, and you'll it's going to run you $70 to $80. You never know quite what you're going to get on there, but it's a fun one to take a chance on if you got the uh, $70 to $80 lying around. True. I know we do the returns on, on Saturday, T10 returns on Saturday, but I got I got uh, four yesterday. I figured I'd talk to people, let people know who I got. And you you got a couple as well. So I'll, I'll do mine yeah. and then you can do yours. Okay. Sounds good. So I got uh, Alan Peterson from the Bruins on a 8889 uh, OPG card. So I think that is my eighth one that I've gotten returned. Uh, working towards the the set, I gotta I gotta fi finish the set off first and then I got then I gotta set sending them out for. Right. Uh, autographs but those i got uh our friend clemente lise they sent me those and i sent them all off the only one i still have out is bruce crowder i gotta send to canada i gotta get my canadian stamp i got a return from pat neshack uh on a tops card pretty quick turner on less than two weeks jim kern who played for the tigers not the tigers he played for the rangers he played for the indians as well i believe right drew yes he did so i got mm -hmm. him on a on a eight on 82 tops card and then i got bill miller from the Red Sox, he played for the Giants. He was a he played a on the World Series, the two thousand and four World Series champion Red Sox, and I got him on a card. And uh, those were all pretty quick turnarounds. So I figured I'd let every everyone know. Drew, I know you. We were talking before. Who'd you get? Yeah, I got back um, Taylor Guerrero. He's a former pitcher. He was with the Rangers last, I believe. But uh, if you're a collector of the twenty twenty one Topps Heritage set, as I am. You may know that Jonathan Hernandez on card 479 has the wrong photo on his card. He will sign the back of it. He will not sign the front of it at all. And it's Taylor Guerrero that is depicted on the front. 
Guerrero, however, fortunately will sign at the front of that card. And so now I have that one signed on the back by Hernandez and on the front by Guerrero. It took about a one month turnaround there. He's with a team. I believe it's the high point rockers of the uh, Atlantic league. I know it's an Atlantic league team. At least I mailed off to, and I think it was high point. And the other one I got back was Shogo Akiyama. Akiyama is a former member of the Braves or not the Braves, the Reds at the very least. I think he also played for, looks like I can't tell. I think it may have just been the Reds, but either way he was, uh, Things of the Padres organization for a year as well, but he's playing back over in Japan now. He's card number 418 in that uh, Topps uh, Heritage set for 2021. So both uh, short prints on these that I got back. But uh, Akiyama is playing over with the Hiroshima Toyo Carp over in Japan, his home country, and mailed off there. Got that one back. Also took about a month turnaround on that one. So a couple of quick uh, responses there and a couple uh, nice set hits to add in. Yeah, and I know you sent out a bunch yesterday, and I sent out fifteen as well. So we're we're we got a lot of we got a lot of balls in the air, as they say, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> All right, bud. This we get it. Uh, you know, we were talking about the the shows this weekend. We talked about the big show in Virginia Beach the mm-hmm. last couple times. So remember, that there is a show in Virginia Beach coming up this weekend, but there is a really big show coming up in Westchester, New York. Yeah, if you're a little bit further up the coast, there into uh, New York, you've got the East Coast National coming this weekend. So you're around uh, the New York area, go and check that one out. It's going to be in Westchester, as we said, on August 18th through the 20th. 400 dealers are going to be there and a lot of great signers. Rick Dempsey is going to be on hand for it. Uh, David Ortiz, you're going to have Julius Irving. Dr. J is going to be in there. Uh, Allen Iverson and Lawrence Taylor all signing there. That's the East Coast National, Westchester, New York, this weekend. Yeah, one of our favorite listeners, Rob Parker, is going to be there with his son there. Yes. Great, and they're going to go, and I know Les is going. So there'll be there'll be some representation from TTM cast people out at the show. Uh, unfortunately, I cannot make it. But uh, one of the one of these days, maybe next year, I'll go to the East Coast National instead of the regular National, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, bud. Well, that's pretty good. Hey, one other uh, show news that I'd like to let everyone know going to know about the Naples All Star Events, which is is a, a an event that I've gone to for four years in a row. This. This will be my fourth year. It is going to be in the in uh, Naples uh, at the Hilton there on March 25th. And uh, in the past, they've always done basketball, but this year they they zigged whenever else zagged, and they're doing football. So Thurman Thomas, Rocky Blyer, and Lawrence Taylor will all will all be guests at the show. So I'll be uh, loading up and getting some autographs. And uh, I don't I don't know maybe I'll get buy a Thurman Thomas shirt, get a do you know get a jersey. Signed. Yep. I don't know. We'll 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 get something. So, uh, Thurman Thomas, Rocky Blyer, and LT will be at the show. I believe tickets to the show uh, went on sale this weekend. You can go to NaplesAllStarEvents.com and check that out. It's a really fun show. And if you're gonna, hopefully, you're gonna be there in March. And I will be spending my some of my winter in the sunny state of Florida. And I think we'll be doing some shows from Florida <laughs> next year, Drew. Nice. Sounds good. All right, bud. We, we got um that wraps up all our hobby happenings and uh, this week's interview. I had the uh, opportunity to interview Daryl Carrier, who played all his his entire career in the ABA with the Kentucky Colonels and the Memphis Sam, and he is the all time leading three point shooter in ABA history. He is on the all ABA team, and he signs through the mail. And uh, fun part thing about Daryl, he did it. He was an auctioneer, and he did a little auctioneering for us during nice. the interview. So. Please enjoy my interview with Daryl Carrier from the ABA. The Certified Collectibles Group is playing to win. CGC Trading Cards and CSG are combining into CGC Cards, solidifying its position as one of the world's largest and most prominent card grading services. With the merger, collectors get a number of upgrades, including the option to submit without a paid membership, a Gem Mint 10 grading scale, a sleek new label, a simplified submission process, and prices you are going to love. Grade all your cards with CGC Cards and visit cgccards.com today. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. This segment is sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and cataloging your cards. Buy or sell cards on the marketplace. Turn the hobby into your side hustle today. I'd like to welcome to the show Daryl Carrier. Daryl Carrier played in the ABA with the Kentucky Colonels and Memphis Tans from 1967 to 1973. 
He went to Western Kentucky, where he was drafted actually by the St. Louis Hawks in the 1964 draft, but ended up signing with the Colonels in 67 and uh, was a three-time ABA All-Star, is a member of the ABA All-Time team, and he has the highest career three-point shooting percentage in ABA history. Welcome to the program, Mr. Darrell Carrier. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I'm really looking forward to talking with you because I love the old ABA and, and talking ABA basketball, and, and you are uh, you're, you're the face of ABA basketball, if you ask me. Well, I was <clears throat> Louis Dampier and then I started the three-pointer. I mean, that they, that's when the three-pointer went into existence, the year in 1967 when the ABA started. And uh, he and I made more three-pointers than any other team. Now, each uh, each other team, they had one, maybe one good three-point shooter, but we had two that could really sh- spread the court and make it happen. I saw so I saw some old quotes that said you were a uh, look shoot first, look for the three pointer first type of player. Was that something that you you mentally said? Okay, I, I can hit that shot, and they're not guarding me, and I'm going to hit that thing. Well, let me tell you how it all started. I was fortunate to have a coach in high school that put me at guard and left me at guard, and I was the tallest man on the team at six four. And uh, he left me out at the guard position. And so if he put me inside, they couldn't get me the ball. And I bought a little, when I was a little young kid, I had an older brother that was playing high school ball, and I got interested in basketball. So I bought me a little goal and ball for $3.95. And uh, I put it up on the side of a corn crib which put it up about uh, five and a half or six foot off the ground because I was just a small small youngster. Yep. And the little lace-up ball went over the fence, and a big old, after, after about three days, my little old ball went over the fence, and I had a bunch of hogs in there, and so a big old hog took a bite of my ball, and that was all of my ball. So I started <laughs> shooting with a, I started shooting with a, my mother would open a bean can, I'd take that bean can, I'd shoot through that little goal. And then when I got up to the seventh, oh, yeah, after money was hard to come by back then. We, I was from a family of nine kids, and we didn't have a bathroom until I was a junior in high school. And uh, But uh, life has really turned around for me uh, financially and every other way. Uh, but I bought a ball, my next ball and goal was, nine dollars and 41 cents and i put it up 10 feet tall and and it was a good ball and a good goal and i just kept shooting and shooting and shooting and when i was in the seventh grade my we'd go and play another seventh grade team and and uh the score would be 36 to something and i I would have probably 28 of those points and and the reason and the reason back then because I had a goal to shoot on, and I have a twin brother, and he was saying, you know why you had all those points? And I said, no, I was just a little better than you other guys. And he said, well, said you, uh, said the other guys didn't even have a basketball goal. So they had to shoot it. They had to shoot at school, and, and you don't get enough time to get enough shooting in at school. And, and said you'd shoot all the time, and and so he was. Uh, and I did, and I, I, nobody worked harder than me to become a basketball player. I, I loved to shoot and loved to play, and and I was a, just a natural scorer. You graduated college in '64 and were, was in the '64 draft. You got drafted by the St. Louis Hawks of the uh, NBA, but you didn't start playing professionally till '67. Uh, what was? What, why did you, you wait until '67 uh, to start playing? Well, back then you had about 10, uh, 10 NBA teams, and it wasn't enough room for everybody. And St. Louis Hawks called me and said, would you come over and try out? And I said, no. I said, I will not. I said, uh, I, you only keep one player, and that's the first uh, draft pick. 
and I said, I won't be over and try out. And I had a, <clears throat> excuse me, all-American friend from, from Western. His name was Bobby Rasco, and he went and played with the Phillips 66ers, which was an amateur league. Okay. And uh, it was first class in every way. That's one of my greatest experiences in basketball is going with the Phillips 66ers. And you had all Americans out there, and 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 they would bring players in and try them out. And they brought me in, and and we had a scrimmage. And the coach, I was the first one. He pulled off the floor and said, "We want you out here with us." And I said, "Okay." Uh, but you had to beat another all American out if you played much. And and I always started and always played and always was the leading scorer on the team. Any any team I was ever on. I was pretty much the leading scorer. Now, there's only two players in, in, in Kentucky Colonels that averaged over 20 points, and I was one of them. And Dan Issel maybe averaged a tenth of a point more than I did. So we're the only two that uh, averaged over 20 points. And back then, back then, you uh, <clears throat> there's only about 60-some players in the history of the game averaged over 20 points a, a game. And so... Twenty points is pretty big. Why did why did you think um, you played so well with Louis Dampier, and what what a part of his game uh, helped you, and what part of your game helped him to you guys form the you know the best fast backcourt in, in the ABA history, really, uh, with the Colonels? Why why did you guys think you gelled so well? Well, we really complimented each other because he was a natural long range shooter, and I was a natural long range shooter. And we were the only two naturals on on the uh, team. Uh, we had some great players, but they had to pull in in a little closer to shoot it. And uh, he shot a lot of long shots at Kentucky, and I shot a lot of long shots at Western. And uh, but we really complemented each other. We'd run the court the same, about the same speed. And if the ball came out on my side. Uh, on a rebound, I'd get the ball, and he'd go to the middle, and I'd hit him. We'd go with a fast break, and if he went out on his side, I was in the middle, and he'd hit me, and I'd take it down. There's, He was more of a point guard than I was, but neither one of us was called a point guard or two guard back then. Both of us yeah. run the run the offense, and, uh, <clears throat> and both of us really spread the court because the big man could uh, – it was easier on the big man uh, you couldn't collapse in on them too much because Louie and I could let them fly after we crossed mid-court, really. <laughs> to say the least, you guys didn't let them fly. <laughs> you are a shock shooter, my friend. You are a shock shooter, my friend. I'm, I'm jealous of, of you uh, guys. Uh, Daryl, our uh, average, he had a, uh, almost a 40% shooting percentage for uh, three-pointers. He... he he, that that's unheard of even in today's game. So uh, you could cer- you could certainly let him fly. We uh, we really had to, we really spread the court and we were naturals, and, and the coach expected to get uh, the coach expected to get fifty points between the two of us every game, and he said if I can get fifty points from my guards, we can win we can win the game. And we could usually get uh, one game in particular. I remember Louie had 38 and I had 36 in, in the wow. same game. <clears throat> but there's no trouble for us to get 50. You know, one of us would get in the high 30s, you know, one of us every game. And the other one, if he had 20 or something, that adds up to 50. So it was uh, – but Louie was a great shooter and a great teammate. And uh, we uh, – we, we complimented each other. Did they have a three-point shooting contest like they do in the uh, in the All-Star game that they, uh, back then? Did they have a, a three-point contest back then? No, they, they've never had any that I can remember. No. So you you never got to uh, you get you never got to shoot against any of the the other uh, ABA stars of the day in the All-Star game uh, for the first couple of years of the league. But what I what I would do is uh, after season, uh, there was a guy named Easy Ed McCulley. He played for the St. 
he played, uh, I believe, with the Hawks, and I don't know who else he played with, but he had I a... Think he uh, with Celtics as well, didn't he? <clears throat> yeah, played with the Celtics. And what happened is he put on uh, uh, basketball, high school uh, basketball clinics uh, all over the United States. And he'd come to Kentucky, call up a couple of coaches and say, I want you to run all the all the uh, high school things in, in uh, Kentucky. And he would invite me out to put on shooting exhibition. And I put on a shooting exhibition for him about three times. And uh, after putting on the third, and I would, Shoot from Three Point College, uh, high school uh, Three Point is where I'd shoot from on each side of the circle. And after shooting about three three clinics he had, he wanted to hire me full time to go to about three different states. <laughs> and uh, so I'd go to these different basketball clinics, and I would tell the kids, I say I'm going to hit 27 out of 30 shots from the top of the key. I'm going to shoot, take a dribble to the right and shoot. I'm going to take a dribble to the left and shoot, but all of them will be high school three-pointers, and uh, which they didn't have the three-pointer in high school at that time. We had it in the ABA. So I can only remember missing one time in four years, not hitting 27 out of 30. So 27 wow. out of 30 is 90%, but sometimes I'd hit 30 for 30 or 29 for 30 or 28 for 30, but never under 27 for 30, but one time in four years. So I had a, I had a nice touch. And then after that, I would tell the coaches, I said, bring the best player out here to guard me, and I want to show you how easy it is to score on him. And they would always – kids would cheer for their best player to come out, and I would uh, show them how easy it was to score on, on each one of them. And sometimes there'd be a college player there. He'd want to come out and guard me. It didn't matter who guard me. I was going to I was gonna uh, take advantage of it and, and uh, put it in the hole. Does it, do you feel like um, you gained confidence as you got older, and that really that helped your game as well? i tell you where I gained my confidence is I left Western and I averaged 26 points a game and broke the school record. Uh, the school record was 25-something. I averaged 26. And uh, But when I left Western, I went to Phillips 66ers, and I was out there with the best of the best. And they were just as good as the NBA. In fact, when the ABA started, they took about half of our players and put in the ABA. But anyway, out at Phillips 66, playing against that competition that I had to practice against every day, and and I began to score on them when I needed to and all of that. And I had a wonderful guard that I played with. His name was Jeff Congdon, and, and I was the first option down the floor. He, he was the point guard. And if I wanted to get, uh, if I wanted a shot going towards the basket, they really overplay a shooter, you know. And I would break out to the side, and then I'd push my man a little, and I'd head back to the basket. He'd have it right in my hand. And then if I wanted a a jump shot fairly close to the basket, which I didn't particularly care for those, I like those long range shots. But if I wanted a shot, I'd break all the way through through under the rim and free throw line and, and and come back and he'd throw his body out and hand me the ball and I'd put it in the hole. And and he was a pleasure to play with, one of the best players I've ever played with. Did he and, end up uh, playing? From, he was he, in, he playing? was an ABA. He was an ABA. Yeah, he guy. played in the, he played in the ABA and did very well. He was a he was just great to get the key get the ball to the man that could put it in the hole. And then I played out at Phillips 66. The reason I say it's such a wonderful experience, and I gained a lot of confidence, I played with the U.S. national team, and all of those players were first-round draft picks. And I played with those first-round draft picks and toured Europe 
and I was a starter. I beat Dave Shellhouse out. That was the number one draft pick by Chicago Bulls, and he he left and went back home because I was getting all these playing time. And if I was a first round draft pick, I would have gone back home too if somebody had beaten me out. And so I leave that with all those number one draft picks as leading scorer, you know. And so that builds my confidence. And then uh, I play in the world tournament, and I'm a leading scorer in the world tournament. And I play in the Pan American Games, and we win a gold medal. And I get 32 points, which is still a record today. Uh, I scored 32 points one one game, and it's still a record today. And I played with Wes Utzel and JoJo White. JoJo White and I were starting guards. Yep. And they wanted me to stick stick around and play in the 68 Olympics, but I couldn't pass up a two or three year no cut contract to wait for the Olympics. So uh, that's the reason I didn't play in the 68 Olympics. They wanted me to. They asked me to stick around and said, you know, I played in all these other tournaments and with all the other teams. And the Olympic Committee asked me to stick around, and I said I I can't afford to. I mean. You know, need to get paid, need to be playing in the in the league. Did you did you know of the did you know of the three point um, shot when you signed with the with the Colonels in the ABA? Did you was that was that a reality that that uh, when you signed when you signed with them that there was going to be a three point shot? Well, I did after a little bit. I mean, they they adopted all those rules, but when I first signed with them. On a first sign with them, we didn't we didn't talk a three point line or, or how how advantageous it'd be for me uh, with the three. Your point eyes line. must have lit up. You making me? I get an extra point for making these shots now. You're like great. Plus, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, that three pointer uh, really adds up. You know, you you make uh, three threes and that's nine points, and you make five. Five twos and you only got ten points, so it really really adds up. It really took the NBA a little while to um, realize that, right? And you know, when they first had the three pointer, these the guys weren't taking three point shots as nearly as much as they do now. And I think just sheer math, it's like okay, you you put up the three point shot, you get an extra you get extra point. It, it makes sense that these teams today now are all shooting three pointers. Think about what your career would have been if you it, you played in you know 2018 as opposed to uh, 1967. You know, well, a lot of those players would love to shoot the three, but there's only only a handful on each team can shoot the three, and uh, that uh, a skilled shooter uh, is hard to find in. in uh, I mean, you can you can look at ten teams, and you might find you might. Of course, uh, San Francisco they got uh, about three good three point shooters, yep. but every team don't have that, and uh, some teams don't have any that can really shoot it, and some of them okay. have one player that can really shoot it. So the great shooters are uh, they uh, far between, you know. Do you, do you have a moment, uh, a, a game that you played, or, or, or um, you know, a, a moment on the court that's kind of a favorite of you? As they, you know, you're sitting in your in your your easy chair watching TV, and all of a sudden you start thinking of of this one, one game that brings a smile to your face. Do you have a favorite moment on the court? Well, I had at least playing some team, and, and the coach, we were down about nine points, and the coach called a timeout and said, "Daryl, I want you to shoot." shoot some threes. I want you to bring us back. And I shot, made three straight, and my other one went in and curled out. I remember that game. And then there's another game that is Bob Berger that played for Duke. He was a nice guard. And uh, we were playing them one afternoon. And the, back then, I don't know, they'd say, take a foul. And I don't know what the rule was back then, but you'd foul a guy, you know. And uh, he didn't get the shooter. I don't know. Get the ball back if you hadn't had so many fouls against your team. And so I never would take a foul, walk up and push a man. I always run in and knock him loose from the ball so I could get the ball and go down <laughs> and score. So this particular game against Bob Verga, we were down and. Uh, 
So they told me to take a foul, and I just knocked him loose with the ball and, and uh, went down and hit a long jumper. And then uh, he came down the floor again, and I had him to cut the ball in front of me, and I swiped it from him, went down with a layup, and we won the game. And, and uh, so you remember some games like that, you know. Yeah, that's we're speaking with Daryl Carrier. Daryl uh, played is a three-time ABA All-Star. He played with the Kentucky Colonels and Memphis Tams from 1967 to 1973. He is on the ABA All-Time team. He also has the highest three-point shooting percentage in ABA history. And we're talking a little about his career in the ABA and, and, and uh, with with the uh, the uh, AAU and uh, before start playing in the uh, professional league and. Daryl, um, you know, in terms of, of collectibles, in terms of uh, memorabilia from your playing days, did you keep any shirts or, or any game balls, or did you have any uh, memorabilia that you kept from your playing days? I have a regular uh, – I have a lot of that stuff in the upstairs in my home. And then uh, I had a – USA jersey where I played in the Pan American Games or the World yep. Tournament and two or three of those jerseys and and a group of people collectors from North Carolina they were up in Indianapolis there's a lot of professional players in Indianapolis and they were up there trying to buy some things from them and he called me and he said I'm coming right by your place it's going to stop in do you have anything to sell and I said well not really but uh, I would uh Stop in, I may have something. And I put a USA jersey over the, my couch with a pair of trunk, little old trunks. And uh, he walked in, and, and I said, what do you give me? I was hoping he'd offer me 5000 because I sold a <laughs> Phillips 66 jersey. Phillips 66 jersey for 5000 guy called me and said, would you take 5000 for your Phillips 66 jersey? And I said, I will. And, and I didn't. But anyway, he stopped. And uh, we went upstairs, and I said, well, I would sell this USA jersey. And I said, uh, what do you give me for it? I was hoping he'd say 5000 And he said, I'll give you 7000 I said, oh, wow. I'll take twelve. He said, would <laughs> you take eleven? I said, I guess I could. So I sold it for eleven. But, you know, we had a, we had a really great uh, team. Uh, in our top 30 people, we had uh, and we should have gone to the top 50 because they left out some great players. Uh, with those top 30, I feel fortunate to I feel for, fortunate and blessed to get off the ground half as good as I did. I mean, I I was blessed and I had opportunities and I took advantage of the opportunities and. When we played in the ABA, we played uh, the last four years. The ABA was beating the NBA in exhibition games, four games to the NBA's two. And so that's when they decided, hey, we got as good or better players over here in the ABA, and we need to, you know, try to buy this league out because it's a. Uh, and, uh, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, you had your Moses Malones and your Rick Berries and your Spencer Haywoods and your Roger Browns and and uh, your Dan Essels and Charlie Scotts and on and on and on. And uh, it was a great league. So we were we were blessed with a lot of talent. Did you keep any of your ABA um, All Star uniforms or, or any of your your, your Colonels or Tams uniforms? <laughs> Well, uh, we had a boy named, uh, we had our manager, uh, Lloyd Gardner. He, I didn't get a single jersey or anything from the Kentucky Colonels. Oh, wow. I had, I had back surgery. Uh, what put me out of basketball is I had back surgery when I was with the Colonels and then about the fifth year. And but I came back and played. I was a little stiff in the back, but I could still shoot it. And then they and they decided that they were going to bring Rick Mount in to take my place. And so Memphis called uh, Memphis called and said, uh, 
what about your back? And I said, I guarantee you my back, but I won't guarantee you any other parts of my body. <laughs> and I went to, I went to Memphis and uh, tore my Achilles tendon. When was uh-huh. about a month. I was down there about a month and tore my Achilles tendon. And then uh, that took me out of basketball, uh, back surgery and Achilles tendon. But I played... Uh, I've had a wonderful experience with all with all the travel and being with that Philip sixty six was a wonderful experience. You called an amateur and you're supposed to go to work every day, but I was playing on foreign trips and still getting paid. And uh, so we uh, we had uh, you know I, I get these cards like you sent me to get in my autograph. I get yep. those cards in three or four times a week and. Uh, I'm always uh, thankful to get them that somebody wants my autograph, and and I'm always glad to send them back. And, and uh, so I get some nice letters from time to time, and I appreciate all that. It's uh, it's uh, I've really been blessed. You know, while I was playing uh, while I was playing professional basketball, I decided I wanted to be an auctioneer, and uh, so what I do. I'm a self-made auctioneer, and I wheel and deal numbers. And uh, so, I'm going to give you a little chant here in a minute. But what no, I what I do, what I do is I I would go back to my apartment. I always lived by myself; didn't have a roommate or anything. And I'd go back to my apartment, and I would uh, practice, and I'd say forty-one, two, forty-three, forty-four. And I was working the different number brackets, and all of a sudden I said, I've got to give this up. I said, I'll never be able to do this. And then after about three days, I said, hey, I'm not giving that up. If I was going to get, if, if I was a quitter, I couldn't be playing professional basketball. <laughs> so I'm not going to give that up. <clears throat> so it's then after three or four days, the rhythm kicked in, and it goes like this. I love it. I love it. We're speaking speaking with Daryl Carrier. Daryl played in the ABA with the Kentucky Carols and Memphis Tams. He's a three-time ABA All-Star from 1968-1970. He was on the All-ABA team, and we just got a auctioneer audition from from mr carrier and he can he can auction off my stuff anytime my friend that is that that is fabulous well you know i they have this national basketball association meeting and they've had me on stage talking about uh real estate investments because i'm a real estate broker and auctioneer and they've had me on the stage uh putting this auction channel on and uh and uh I told I was out there one time several years ago, and they put name tags on everybody where you can look up as as you're going through the line eating. You look up and say, "Hey, I remember that guy. I remember this one. I remember that one." And uh, I told we went into this big meeting, and I told Clem Haskins who was with me, and I said, "Clem, everybody's got a name tag, but before I leave here today, everybody here is going to know who Daryl Carey is." He said, "How's that?" And I said, "Watch." I said, watch me. <laughs> so they was talking about their different chapters. You know, they got a chapter in, in New York and a chapter in Texas and a chapter in L.A. And and so I got up, and they was talking about their chapters. And I said, hey, we don't have a chapter where I'm from. There's not enough basketball players. I said, Indiana's got uh, several up in Indianapolis. you got a few in Louisville. But I said, in my area, you only have Daryl Carrier. All-American Bobby Rasco and Clem Haskins and Big Jim McDaniels. And I said, we don't have a chapter, but I said, it's been very beneficial to me because when I go out and ask for an auction and try to sell somebody's property, they'll say, oh, you that, you that basketball player. And I said, yes, I am. And I said, and it goes like this, and I do that auction chant for them. And man, a lot of those players you talking about swarm around me, wanting to talk real, wanting to talk real estate, and wanting to talk auctioneering. And, 
<clears throat> so we uh, so we had some uh, I've had some great experiences. I tell you why life has really been good to me. I as soon as I dropped out of basketball, I was successful in the in the real estate business, and I I buy rental properties and uh, and uh, buy homes to rent, and uh, I got some commercial properties, and uh, and I got, yeah, and you I had got a, you uh, farm two farms. You had a farm with your brother, right? I got two. I got two farms. Well, <clears throat> neither one of us farms anymore. I uh, I did farm with him. Uh, we're uh, we're eighty two years old, and uh, I leased my farms out. Got I got a really good par- farmer that farms them, and we lease them out. And uh, I used to have a, a dairy dairy farm. I milked a bunch of cows. I I've done it all, but real estate just real estate's really been good to me. And uh, you know, like I had, uh, I live in a house now. I've just built it ten years ago. I lived in a house now. When I was a junior in high school, we didn't have a bathroom. That's the first bathroom that we've ever had. And now I've been blessed to, to have five bathrooms in my home. So very good. That's <laughs> very good. That, uh, have you been have you been involved at all with the um the documentary that they're working on with the ABA uh, Scott Proctor out of Indianapolis has, has been involved with have you been involved in, with that at all I've been interviewed for that uh we met Louis Dampier and I met uh, right on the other side of Louisville in uh, Indiana right across the river and uh he was interviewed and I was interviewed and uh Maybe another player was interviewed, and so yeah, we're going to be part of that. And there's a documentary that a guy's putting together for Western Kentucky University, just a documentary of me. And then wow, that's- my 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 school that I went to named the basketball floor after me, and I and this you know a lot of great things like that happen, and uh, so. Uh, and then there's only about five or six people's jerseys hanging from the Raptors and Diddle Arena, and, and uh, my jersey's hanging from there. And I made the first shot in that building. It was we opened it in 1963, and we played Vanderbilt, and I made the first shot in that building. So we got a little history around here for, about me also. It must it must make you feel good that the uh, ABA as a whole has. Uh really uh, aged very well in terms of uh, people loving the ABA and looking back fondly at, at the ABA. And it was, um, you know, I think that the ABA has finally got their, 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 their due, their, their, what the, what they've deserved in terms of helping build what basketball is today. It's, uh, it's certainly, you know, when, it, when you guys were playing, you were playing on a shoestring, but uh, I think people appreciate what the ABA did for uh, basketball today and, and what, how great uh, um, basketball was in the ABA when you were playing. We had a lot of great players, and, and I mean, a lot of great ones. We, uh, out of that top 30, the Hatham's in the Naismith Hall of Fame, and I was nominated for the Naismith Hall of Fame. And uh, the uh, general, uh, the one that the manager for the Pacers and Kentucky Colonels, uh, he, uh, nominated me and he said i'll have you in this first year and he said well we won't and i didn't get in and he said i'll get you in the second year and he died he passed on you know he passed oh, on so I, and he was very he was very influential you know and, but anyway uh about half of them's in now and i i look for the all the top 30 to get in maybe after we're dead but you know <laughs> I, I, one of these days, I, I hope not Let's hope not. Well, Darryl, One of these days. I want to thank you very much for your time today. Daryl Carrier, he played uh, for the K- Kentucky Colonels and Memphis Stamps from 1967 to 1973. He's a three-time ABA All-Star. He's on the ABA All-Time team. He leads the ABA in career three-point shooting percentage. He was uh, had his number retired at Western Kentucky, the Western Kentucky Hilltopper, is number 35. He uh, is a, a great signer of autographs through the mail, so if you have a card you'd like to send out to Mr. Carrier, he certainly signed it. Do you have a card that you enjoy signing? Did you, were you were a card collector as a kid, and, uh, you know, is there, are there any cards that you really enjoy signing? 
Well, there's there's three cards out on me, and one of them is uh, Rick Berry. Uh, he was the best free throw shooter, and I was second best. And Billy Keller was third best, and that's a card that I get. But I just soon sign these individual cards of myself. Uh, yep. But anyway, Rick was the best free throw shooter, and one year I beat him out. I I had an eighty eighty nine point nineteen uh, shooting average that year. And, and I shoot a jump shot at the free throw line, and he shoots the granny shots at the free throw line. Yeah. I'm sure he didn't like that, but you beat him out on, on something that he prided himself on. Well, that granny shot, is a, it's the softest shot you can shoot. It. You can put it up real soft. And the jump shots, you got to just be accurate when you shoot it. And after I left... You shot a jump shot? After I left Western, I... I shot a jump shot from the free throw line. I left. I started doing that at Phillips 66 after I left Western, and uh, my percentage went up. My percentage went up after that. He is a shooter, guys. He was a shooter, a sharpshooter, and uh, it's great to talk three points and shooting in basketball with, with a true legend, Mr. Darrell Carrier. Thank you very much for your time. Hey, thank you for the interview. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You, you, uh, you stay safe and be good, okay? Okay. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you, Daryl. Bye. Buying and selling sports cards has never been easier, thanks to the free Collects app. With over a million collectors using the app, you can find just about anything. Buy and add to your PC. Earn money selling cards and trade up to get your rail card. Easily check out with a credit card, generate shipping labels, and tracking and redeem credits put towards deals. Download Collects, that's Collects, C-O-L-L-X, for free on the App Store or Google Play today. Drew, Garrett, that was a really fun interview. Uh, he didn't hold punches. He, as I said, he is a very confident. I think he wants to go out and, and beat, beat some of these guys in a shooting contest today. He And I bet he could do it. He, he, he was really fun. He's a great signer of TTM, you know, cards through the mail and photos so if you have anything you want to send off to daryl carrier i sent off his 72 73 tops card but the i think he has three or four different cards and uh he he's a, a really fun character and he signs through the mail so make sure you take advantage of that and i uh, have uh, daryl sign one of your cards or a photo yes. all right drew saturday we're gonna we have a show on saturday our regular show we have les wolf les wolf's gonna come on and talk i i asked less about um Panini and Fanatics lawsuit. Uh-huh. We talk. We talk a little about uh, Wanda Franco, and uh, Les doesn't pull any punches there. We talk a little about the uh, the East Coast National that uh, he's going to be attending, and we talk about the um, his grid. Right? What's cross? What's oh, crossover called? grid. Yep. Crossover grid. His son has that. So uh, please enjoy uh, my interview with Les Wolf on Saturday, and also I interviewed the co-founder of Honored Athlete. They are a brand new. Uh, they've been in. In business for about a year they're a card manufacturer and they manufacture uh college cards for 40 different ncaa uh college teams and um might be a, a an idea for some ttm cards you know to get some college guys cards to send off before they get in the pros yep so definitely. we were going to talk to the guys from the the the, the co-founder of on it athletes we will talk to him on saturday Next Wednesday, we will have the guys from Card Dealer Pro. Uh, we'll have Don uh, Caruso, who is uh, has is the scanner guy that handles the scanners, and then we also uh, talk to the guy, one of the guys that is uh, a trainer, and we're going to learn more about Card Dealer Pro. So that will be next Wednesday. Drew, anything else you want to add before I let you go? No, I think we're pretty well covered on there. Fortunately, uh, UPS did not knock on my door while we were recording, so that's great. Managed to get through that. So yeah, All that's right. about it. I am gonna go. My son gets uh, is working for five more minutes, and then we are gonna go have have dinner. My daughter and wife went to go see the Jonas Brothers tonight. Oh so wow! I'll have a, I'll have a, I'll have a report on the Jonas Brothers concert for you. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> sit sit there waiting with bated breath, right, Drew? Exactly. All right, guys. I wish everyone many happy returns. We will see you on Saturday. Be good. 